the WTF1 post-race podcast. Before Baku, Charles Leclerc was looking at his worst start to an F1 season since joining Ferrari in 2019, with only one points finish in Saudi Arabia. But then, of course, things looked like they were turning around as a pole and a podium beckoned for him in Baku. But still, the Ferrari car clearly not in the same league as Red Bull and still very much under pressure from the Aston Martin behind. Then Miami, again, looking quick, but he pushed too far over the limit in qualifying and the race saw further frustration when he failed to get past Kevin Magnussen in a slower Haas on several occasions, whilst others were able to carve their way through the field. He eventually did, but it took a bit too long. So it got us at WTF1 thinking, is Charles Leclerc ruthless enough, especially in wheel-to-wheel combat? He's clearly fast and super talented too, but often takes it over the line. But is it also a culture issue within the famed Scarlet Red team? Well, over the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to be discussing just that on the WTF1 podcast. Welcome along. My name is Harry Benjamin, and I figured who better to chat about it with than someone who knows how to race at a high level, a proven winner in multiple categories, and crucially, a driver who has spent time on the inside at Ferrari. Welcome to the WTF1 podcast, Raffaele Marcello. Lello, as you know known as uh, to most people, welcome. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. First of all, have you been able to catch much of the F1 season so far? What have you made of it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you for the yeah for the nice welcome. Yeah, I mean, I I follow F1 when uh, when I can for sure. Uh, mainly qualifying and the start at the beginning because I mean I don't find F1 so entertaining. Let's say during the race, um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, F1 is a lot about what car are you driving right now? So yeah, for sure it's, uh, I mean, everyone now is complaining about Red Bull, but it's always been more or less like this. I mean, we like, uh, Mercedes won the last, I don't know, seven years. Ferrari was dominating in the past with Schumacher. In the past, Senna car was dominating when McLaren won almost every race. I mean, it's, it's part of the sport, I think, but yeah, for sure when, when I can, I try to, to follow yeah yeah i suppose domination at the top is always something that we've had in formula one let's be honest um now for those who might not know your career path so far let's chat a bit about it first euro formula three champion gp2 race winner multiple podiums multiple gt world champion spa 24 hour winner it's a very impressive cv but of course your connections with ferrari came in your single seater days Talk us through what it was like being a part of the Ferrari family and, and how that all came about. Yeah, I mean, I was doing uh, karting in 2009 and yeah, it was always me, De Vries, uh, Sainz and, uh, and Kvyat. We were always uh, fighting each other. There are some pictures of me, uh, Kvyat and Sainz on the podium in Sarno and some tracks. I mean, we, we had fun. We were fighting a lot. And uh, yeah, at, um, at one point, Bertolini, uh, approached me and said, like, ah, maybe there is this new program, Red Ever Academy. Uh, we probably uh, start with Jules Bianchi and we, we would like you to be next, next to him. Then we will take the Formula 3 Italia champion and, uh, and someone else. In fact, it was uh, Zampieri, uh, Bortolotti, Maisano, me and Jules. So then I start to speak with Baldisseri, the, the former, um, the former, 
FBA boss, let's say. And uh, yeah, everything started there. I was 15. So yeah, I, I moved to, to Maranello. I, I was living there. I mean, at the beginning, I was, when you're 15, I was doing mainly gym session. They were doing some English lesson because I didn't speak any English. Um, and then, yeah, they, they supported me with budget. They, I mean, mental training and, and I was there. Then when I grew up a bit and I was like around 70 something, I started to do simulator work for them. Then, yeah, I became, uh, yeah, to drive in Sauber. I was doing some Ferrari tests when, when you had the crash. And yeah, let's say then I was involved in, uh, in the team. How much? pressure is there i mean we know there is being a part of a, a, a formula one affiliated program anyway i mean red bull perhaps the most prolific but ferrari the most prestigious arguably brand in motorsport in general were were you could you feel that at 15 years old was there an immense amount of pressure straight away were you given goals that you had to achieve otherwise you'd be out of there no for sure we had contract year by year so you you had to deliver, but it was not like aggressive as Red Bull, let's say. It was more like a, I don't want to say a school, but it was more like an academy. So we, I mean, for sure, if you arrive last every race, then you're out. But it was more like, like, like a growing opportunity. And then, uh, yeah, so like you felt the pressure, but honestly, when, when I was much younger, 15, 16, like you feel a bit invincible because straight from karting to formula, I was winning. So like, I'm a guy that doesn't suffer much the pressure. So, I mean, you just ride, you enjoy and being Italian Swiss, being Ferrari was, was, was just nice. So yeah, I mean, I didn't felt so much as much the pressure. Yeah. And how, so it wasn't to be, obviously, how did your relationship with Ferrari End. It seemed at the time that you had a bit of a strained relationship with the then team principal Maurizio Overbene. Yeah, I mean, me, I was chosen by Domenicali and uh, Montezemolo. So, I mean, when I think I was, I mean, for sure, I I was not smart as now, for sure. I mean, if uh, if if I go back now 10 years, I, I will do maybe something differently. Like, differently, I for sure grow up as a, as a man, like a bit later than, than, uh, yeah, like that period. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, w- I was there, I was there a bit in, you know, the changes of, of people when Mattiaccio arrived, then, uh, Arriva Ben arrived, Marchione, and I mean, they, they just set some realistic goal, let's say, because I had planned with Domenicali that was actually almost to go in Sauber the year after my third driver. So we choose Trident only to race because I mean, they didn't want me to stay one year on it or driving in the box and mm. doing nothing. So they said, okay, you, you do Trident and you, you keep training and whatever happens, happens. I mean, nothing against Trident, but it's not a top team as, a, as some F2 team. Then when Arriva Bene came, said, if you want to, to continue with us, you have to win. Um, F2 with Trident and GP2 with Trident and was just not, I mean, maybe it was possible for someone else, but not for me. So, I mean, I finished the season in, uh, in P5 and then the relationship ended. I mean, it's, it's a pity because even if I was young, I was already keeping an eye in, uh, in GT. 
So, I mean, maybe it was, was possible for them to keep me in, in the GT mm. world of Ferrari or in the family, but they, I mean, they wanted to, to end their, their relationship. And it happens to many other people that they wanted to cut, let's say, everything with people that have been chosen by Domenicali or Montezemolo and they took everything new or they, they choose what to take. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not mad or, uh, or something I, like Maurizio, as many say, but I mean, just, uh, just how it went. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted their own, their own stamp on it, I suppose, didn't they? And, and yeah, it's, yeah, in- yeah. it's interesting now you say, you know, those GT opportunities weren't there for you. When you look at, I suppose, someone like Robert Schwartzman now, who is getting the chances to race in, in Ferrari GTs and obviously Giovinazzi getting a lifeline with their hypercar situation too. So, uh, that's a shame, but obviously an amazing experience nonetheless, I imagine. And it highlights really, you know, the world of Ferrari. Uh, for, Ferrari is almost bigger than Formula One sometimes, it seems, or, or to them, it certainly seems that way. When it comes to the Formula One team and the drivers in the car, and Charles Leclerc in particular, who, who we're going to chat about, what is your take on Leclerc this season in general? A lot of people think he is absolutely championship material, but... It seems now that we have to have this conversation a bit that Leclerc seems to sort of push it over the line a bit too much, crashes a little unnecessarily. What's your take on it? I mean, for sure, uh, I mean, I have to take care of what I say because then for sure, like, people like could get upset or not upset. I mean, in F1, for me, it's not maybe like the past where there are many, many good drivers and not slow one. Now, let's say the level, it's like there is an extreme and all the extreme or you are like a huge talent or you are like average. So let's say Charles is in the huge talent, but there are many, not many, but there are a few drivers like him. I mean, Max is, is like Charles and uh, there's Charles, there is um, Alonso, there is Hamilton, maybe Piastri. Um, okay. So, I mean, it's, it's like, it's life. I mean, you need to be lucky to be in the right car at the right moment. I mean, there are only 20 seats in F1 and uh, there are many drivers in my situation that maybe deserve the F1, but because there is no seat, they didn't arrive. Now, for example, in Ferrari, if Charles and Carlos stays in Ferrari for a year, four years, whatever, like a long story with Ferrari, all the young ones that even maybe deserve a seat, we never have a chance to drive Ferrari. Let's say there is a Kimi Antonelli in Ferrari. Even if you win all the championship, it will be stuck at one point and will not have a chance to drive Ferrari. So, I mean, for sure, Charles, I mean, I'm not speaking with him every day or, or something, so I don't know actually what he's thinking, but I'm close to, to Andrea Ferrari's trainer because it was also my, my trainer and they love Ferrari. They, they are pushing for Ferrari for sure. And, Maybe sometimes they, Charles is doing maybe too much and should accept his fate for this year, let's say. But I mean, being as a driver also, it's, it's really difficult to accept your fate. Maybe, I mean, even markets is, is, is over pushing sometimes and try to, to cover the lack of, of the car, the team, whatever. So maybe he should accept it and maybe just be happy with up to or P3, let's say, but I mean, there are animals like Alonso and they will never be happy with up P3 or P4. So, I mean, at one point, 
maybe sometimes it's silly, but I mean, it's, it's, it's their DNA to push. So I don't blame them for do this because I will do probably the same. So. Yeah, it, it's such a funny world, isn't it? It's so easy to berate a driver for not pushing enough. And then when they do and they go over the line, it's their fault as well. And you, you bring up the car and obviously we know a driver can only do so much with the car they're given. How much do you think it is Leclerc trying that bit too hard and not accepting his fate for this year and how much it is sort of the car that kind of perhaps encourages the mistakes? I mean, I'm just I've, a couple of lists from the last couple of years. Paul Ricard and Imola last year where, where he crashed the car. Miami qualifying just gone, obviously, Baku in years gone by. When you look at the start of this season for Charles Leclerc, I mean, thanks to Baku, the results could start to get a little bit better. But if you take Baku out of the equation, you know, Carlos Sainz, who I think many rate as a driver, but not perhaps on Leclerc's level, you know, he hasn't got a podium, but he scored valuable points in every race bar one he's consistently up there and banking the points for Ferrari when he can it seems like an impossible situation for Leclerc he pushes hard and he gets rewarded with nothing or he doesn't push enough and you know maybe he gets a seventh place how do you as a driver balance that yeah like maybe for me the silly mistake let's say is more in a in a race situation like maybe Poricard last year or or Imola this is avoidable because I mean in the race maybe it's better to score points or something but if you risk it in quali for me then it's okay I mean in, in quali if you start now in F1 we saw it P7 or P10 or whatever doesn't change much because then at the race you will recover and you will end up like P3, P4, P5, P2 I mean with Ferrari I mean, not with Red Bull so I mean in quali it's okay maybe in in race, at one point, it's better to to just control yourself and finish. Like, Poricard was first, okay, but maybe just accept it where you are during the race. But let's say, at least for myself, that you can see different, like, in quality mistakes can be accept, accepted, and in race, maybe... No, because at the end, in quality, you don't get any points, and in the race, you, mm. you, you get actually points. So, yeah, but... I mean, also Carlos, I know him since uh, since long time when we were against each other in F3 and he was doing many mistakes in the past. He was always considered really, really fast, but he was always in, involved in crash situation and stuff. Now he improved, he's, he's really solid, but I mean, he's doing the opposite of what Charles is doing, let's say. It's, uh, he's, he's driving and just giving point to the team, but never give the extra maybe that like Villeneuve was doing in the past uh, like Gilles so let's say I think Charles when we find the like the right balance then yeah he will be really really strong uh, yeah, that, I think there's such a high expectation on, on Ferrari in general and, and Charles that we come down harder on him don't we but you bring up the idea of Okay, well, it's not bad if you if you push in qualifying, you crash. You know, it's not the end of the world. You're in a Ferrari. You'll be able to cut through the pack during the race and get the points. But I think especially after Miami, a few questions have come up about Charles' sort of wheel-to-wheel racing uh, and being able to, to carve through in a Ferrari. Because, you know, a lot of us thought, how the hell 
could he not get past Magnussen sooner in Miami? It was a slower car. And, you know, with the huge DRS uh, straights they had in Miami, it just seemed like he should have been able to line up that move a little bit quicker and get his elbows out a bit more, which which he didn't seem like he, he was doing. Now, how much of that was a confidence thing after qualifying? That's that's what we won't know. Or was he just just struggling in general with that wheel to wheel battle? We've seen it before when he has to come through the pack. He's not it's not always been the cleanest of times. A Ferrari in the mid pack is always going to be a little bit vulnerable. But do you think Charles is, is a is a better driver when he's out front or can he handle those wheel to wheel mid pack squabbles when he needs to? I mean, first, for sure. No one is, is perfect. I mean, we saw also Fettel in the past was really strong when he was in front, but then fighting maybe was struggling a bit. So, I mean, everyone has their strength and their weakness. So, for sure, Charles has some weakness and I mean, he's, he's still really, really young. So, he will really improve what he needs to improve. And I mean, he, he also know like when he does a mistake or not, for sure. Uh, second, I think we never know how much a team target the weekend because there are not so many engines during the season. So you never know when a driver pushed the engine or not pushed the engine during the race. I mean, I don't, I don't believe Max was lower than Perez in Baku actually. And then the week after it was magically that much quicker. So maybe just the team has different strategy each race to try to arrive at 10 with good engines. So one race you push more, one race you push less. So maybe also this Ferrari in, uh, in Miami for Charles was a bit more conservative. So this, this, I don't know. I mean, is my, my, my idea can be, I mean, there are so many stuff they could fuck up tire pressure maybe for this team. And then it was struggling with the car for sure. Like we're all human. So maybe so many. People upset a team with a crash, so maybe then he said, like, fuck, if I crash again, I look really bad. So, I mean, there could be many, many, many theories of what's going on in Charles' head and everything. So, I mean, it can be, it can be many, many stuff, yeah. What is it about Ferrari? Having been on the inside, albeit, you know, a few years ago, uh, is there a cultural problem do you think within ferrari because it just seems i know they've got a new team principal now but no matter what they do to, to to change things and they've had a new team principal quite regularly in the last uh decade or so what what is it within the ferrari team that that just seems to, to hamper themselves it's almost like they 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 struggle because of themselves it's they're always their own fault rather than external circumstances is Ferrari got some kind of curse? Do, uh, do the drivers buckle under the pressure of it? What do you think is the issue? Mm. <laughs> it's a big, I mean, it's a big I, question. <laughs> no, I mean, I have, I have my, my idea. Uh, I don't know how to say yeah, politely, but I think there are not the right people in the right place, let's say. Uh, even okay. when, when, I was, when, when, when I was there and some people are still there, I... I don't think that they're like uh, strong people in, in some areas. So I mean, just uh, when you have like not the way of building the car, because I mean, we saw Ferrari straight away. Every time they put a car on track, the car is mega quick. So it means they have valid people 
like to build cars. Okay, mm. this year maybe they struggled more at uh, at at the beginning, but everyone for forget also there is like setup work in the car. So I mean, maybe Ferrari car it's is is a good base, but they cannot perf- take out all the the performance from the from the car because there is not good engineers or uh, or good good people in the team and i mean i, I will not say name for sure but <laughs> there are some people that are in the team that for me are, are really weak so. do you think getting rid of Mattia Bonotto and bringing in Frederic Vasseur was the right call for this year bah, yeah i mean it's mm, no yes i mean i think Mattia was a really good engine engine guy i'd say so then it they put him in uh, maybe in a place where he never worked in this place, so for sure it was not easy to him. It's like if tomorrow they ask me to be a team manager in, in a team. I mean, it's not. I mean, I know more or less, but it's not my my word. I mean, because I am I, I'm a driver, so I mean, I I I will never put Mattia as a, a team a team a team principal in the past. I mean now for sure as experience so he's okay but I don't see that Mattia took the blame that he didn't deserve. And, and the same now Fred will take the blame that he didn't deserve. I mean I think there is um, some bigger issue inside that it's even not easy because in Ferrari I think there is much more political fight inside compared to other teams. So maybe some some people they are there since long time and to remove them is not is not easy as as some other people. So for sure it will be it will not be easy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, it seems like the bottom line is wrong people in the wrong places still at Ferrari and they're not quick enough to make those changes, perhaps because of political uh, reasons. The other thing with Ferrari, and I've I've worked with Ferrari before. I, I work on, on their their Challenge uh, UK racing series, so I know a little bit, even on that wider series, just how how important Ferrari is. You know what is more important than Ferrari? Not too much, but what I imagine is massively important is their home races and and Italy, and and we go to Imola next up in, in the Formula One calendar. What do you think the expectations are? Do do teams go there when it's your home race? And are you suddenly, is there a different kind of vibe? Are you buoyed by the home fans? Or when you're coming off of a rough patch, is it actually the the last place you kind of want to be? Personally, I don't care. I mean, when <laughs> when I drive a home race or a, or a race in the other part of the world, for me, it's it's my job. When I win, it's twenty five points. When I do second, it's eighteen points. I mean, it's always the same. Then, for sure, like in F one, you have ten times more the people of, of a GT race. Even maybe not true because if you look at Nurburgring twenty four hour, we have like also there two hundred thousand people. Or Spa, we have huge crowd now with Valentino. We have like big crowd also. So I mean, when you're in the home races. It's nice, but at the end, it's it's a race like it's it's a race like another race. So I mean, also I think the people has more expectation than actually what the team has. So maybe like Ferrari, we go there knowing that to beat Red Bull will be let's say not impossible, but almost impossible. Maybe all the fans 
they believe that Ferrari can can beat Red Bull. So it's it's also we have to divide what the people expect and what the team expects because we are not in the team. We don't know what they are doing, and sometimes when when I read on Twitter or around, everyone knows everything, but it is not true because no one is in the team. So yeah, yeah, well, that's really fascinating to hear. Um, do you think though? From a driver perspective, looking at Ferrari's F1 stars, not only the ones that have been in the race team, but you know even the likes likes of yourselves and and the, those in the young driver program at the moment. Look at Robert Schwartzman. Does Ferrari ruin drivers after a while? Does it? Do you think it? They have that sort of long term care because now they don't really have a junior team association anymore. You know, Haas is is a loose association if it's not like they've got a ferrari driver in there look at mick schumacher he was he was binned off you know after his first year in formula one um and and sauber you know is going to become audi so there won't be any affiliation there anymore um not and even if even now there isn't really one and even looking at some of the more established ones from the past kimi raikkonen sebastian vettel all seem to start their uh, Ferrari careers with with smiles on their faces and and uh, big hopes and ambitions and and were fast and by the end couldn't wait to get out of there. No, I don't. I I don't think. I mean, uh, you should look at Bull program. How many drivers sucked or like ruining the last years and then like this is ruined drivers' career. But I mean, Sebastian Vettel. I don't know how many millions took in Ferrari. So. I don't, I don't see how they ruin his, his career. I mean, at the end, he won his fourth championship. So when the career is ending, he's ending. And Kimi the same. I mean, Mick, I don't rate him as a really fast driver. So I think he did all in with, with his end. And I mean, it's for sure when you go, when you go, when you go in Ferrari, you have like extra pressure because it's Ferrari, but we can say the same about Norris. Anything. I mean, like maybe we can say, fuck, Norris had a chance to win championship in other car and because of McLaren would never win. Maybe I mean, if Hamilton was not in Mercedes in that year, then we could say the same of him. Alonso, I mean, we can say everyone ruined his career, but I mean, it's, you have to be lucky, good to be in the right car at the right moment. Maybe Audi now, they will arrive in 26 with a mega car. I don't know, uh, Carlos will go there, we'll start to win for championship, and then we'll say, ah, Carlos is the new, new legend. The greatest and, of all time. <laughs> and Ferrari ruined Carlos Sainz before Audi. I mean, no, I mean, it's just like, uh, it's just like that I think everyone remember always mm. the end, not the start. That's true. People in Formula 1 have short memories, don't they? And F1 is, is if spelled backwards. I think everywhere, everywhere. Also, maybe me, I'm doing really good races now. Next race, I crash someone out. Everyone will start to remember me as, as this. Or people like to give like labels to people. So if at the beginning a driver is looked like mega aggressive and Charles, mega aggressive but crashing, now for him to remove this label will be really difficult because everyone will remember him like this kind of driver. So let's say it's, uh, it's a tough one. Yeah. 
it is tough and and i always feel so um not hypocritical but i just feel bad talking about you know pressure and drivers and what if because you know it's formula one it's such a cutthroat industry it's almost a bit like a tv show sometimes well it is really a tv show now coming back to charlotte um where where do you think his long-term future lies you know he is a Ferrari boy through and through coming up through the program. He was promoted very quickly from, from Sauber to, to Ferrari talks recently, you know, Mercedes perhaps as a Hamilton replacement in the future, but both have said, no, that's not happening. We're not even chatting yet, but you know, who knows what in this world of Formula One right now, but do you imagine it? If Leclerc cannot get uh, the car he wants under him, he will be looking around surely. Yeah. But also there, like if let's say I'm, in Charles Spence and I have to leave Ferrari, I want to go Red Bull. Why I, I should leave, I should leave Ferrari with something that I don't know if it's better from where, where I am now or they gave me an amount of money or mm. doesn't make sense. I mean, it's like, uh, if you go from, I don't know, Alpha Tauri to Williams to Alpine to, to us, I mean, can happen that a year is strong, not strong. I mean, it's, or you're like, I mean, it's risky because, okay, maybe Charles goes in Mercedes they, and they come back to do like mega cars, but I mean, Red Bull has new so I, so it's difficult that they do, they do wrong cars. I mean, if, if I'm Charles or, or I can go in, in Red Bull or I stay, I stay in Ferrari, then I don't know. It, Maybe Mercedes has really big plans for cars to improve and we, we don't know something. But I mean, personally, I don't see Charles leaving Ferrari any soon for Mercedes. Maybe then for, uh, there is a Red Bull chance and then he leaves. But I, I never saw someone going in a slower car. Yeah. No. And and would you would you want to go up against Max Verstappen if there was a seat in that if there was a spot in that Red Bull team and obviously it'd be probably Verstappen's teammate would would you risk that? Yes, I mean all all the driver believes that we are the best let's say when mm. when we drive so I, I mean for sure Charles believes he can beat Max and uh, at I personally will go. I mean, I, I think Charles is not, is not scared of, of the challenge. So they fight hard when they were young in karting. So I mean, I think, I think he, he would go. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's so fascinating to hear your, your thoughts, Raffaele. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. Who knows uh, what the rest of the season will unfold. It's looking like Red Bull domination, but maybe Ferrari and Leclerc or maybe Sides might steal a win if there's a, a chaotic race. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, what Last thing, Raffaele, before we let you go, your, if you could have one, one hope, one thing to happen for the rest of this season in Formula One, what would it be? What do you want to see? My, it's, it's not my word, so actually I, I don't care much what what happens in uh, in F one. But yeah, I, I mean from from outside, I mean it's it's not result wise or something, but I see many show fake stuff, and I mean on Twitter it start to be like a football match during the fundraisers or between people. So, I mean, I, I would like to see the F1 spirit a bit back, like in, 
in the 90s or 2000 where I don't want to say the real funds were there because it's nice to attract young people. But yeah, I would like to to see a bit more respect about the the real F1 and the real spirit of F1. Yeah, this is yeah. not for TCR, is for for general for uh, for like forever. I mean, because we we're speaking about F1, not not the Super Bowl or not like um, a. a a meme award where we make fun of people or something. So I would like a bit more respect about about F1. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there will be a lot of people that agree with you, really. And, and people want to find that right balance, don't they, of entertainment and pure sports. And, and right now, perhaps that balance isn't quite there at the moment. But, but let's see what happens. But look, Raphael Marcello, thank you so much once again. Best of luck yeah, for the rest you. of your uh, season in GT racing as well. Be sure to follow that thank as you. well. Give Raphael a follow. He's very funny on Twitter uh, and uh, very fast in the car as well. But Raphael Marcello, thank, thank you so you. much for coming on the WTF1 podcast. Thank you, Harry. Grazie.